A thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard. It can move anywhere. Maven, concentrate on sin. Give priority to the detectors and the navigation systems. There is a corridor. And the corridor is time. It surrounds all things. On display, I eventually had to go down to the cellar. That's the display department. With a torch. The lights are probably gone. So had the stairs. You are just number six. I am not a number. I am a person. Welcome to British Invaders, episode 421. This is the podcast all about British science fiction television, and this time we are talking about Intruders. This is Brian from Canada. And this is Eamon from England. Hello. Intruders was an eight times 60 minute episodes uh, series from 2014. It was a co-production between BBC America and BBC Two, which we'll talk about as we go along. And it's an adaptation of a science fiction novel by Michael Marshall Smith, to give him his full name. Although, again, as we get to in our production notes, his name changes in some of his books. But that's our starting setup for it. We've got some stuff to talk about, Brian. Yes, absolutely. We have an atmospheric and mysterious show with quite an impressive cast, some well-known people in the cast. And our lead characters are on the trail of a strange secret society. Indeed. It's going to be a bit of a mystery show. But before we get into it, I should give a very slight content warning to say that this show will feature some quite strong and in, at times discriminatory language, which rather unusually is coming from a nine-year-old child, which we'll discuss as we go along. It also is a show that has depictions of suicide. So if that's something that you don't want to deal with, this is a show to avoid. But apart from that, we're going to crack on with our setup. Yes, indeed. So a retired police officer with a seemingly normal and very nice life with his wife and their home in the Pacific Northwest of the U.S. Things seem to be going well until his wife, the wife in this couple, goes missing inexplicably. And then this retired police detective is contacted by an old friend who needs help investigating a string of unexplained deaths. Indeed. So we've got a missing wife. We've got unexplained deaths. We have a young girl who runs away from her family home and sets off by herself on a journey across America. She is the nine-year-old that I referred to a moment ago. And we've got all these different mysteries while this is happening. Why has the detective's wife disappeared? Why are these strange deaths happening? Why has this young girl gone on the run? And somehow or other, we are going to come to a secret society that maybe ties all this together and gives us some of the answers that the lead characters are looking for. Yes, we do have quite a few threads that we start with that have to be woven together. So let's quickly run through the characters and talk about the retired detective, Jack Whelan, played by no less than John Sim. Best known to us, of course, for playing the master in a new Doctor Who with uh, or opposite David Tennant. And I was wondering, Brian, I was trying to work out how many canonical on-screen master actors we have covered now in British Invaders outside of their Doctor Who performances, of course. We've certainly covered a few of them because we had the original Roger Delgado show up a couple of times in Quatermass 
And then Out of the Unknown had Anthony Ainley. We have touched upon Derek Jacobi briefly as well. And Jeffrey Beavers, I wonder if we've got to him at all. I don't remember covering Jeffrey Beavers in anything. We did have Sasha Dewan show up a couple of times. So that is a number of them. Oh, okay. Well, I will I will update the Facebook group with our, our canonical masters. Anyway. <laughs> Always good to have yet another list, right? Another list. John Sim plays Jack Whelan. He is, I should say, John Sim putting on an American accent to play this retired LAPD detective who had to leave the police force and is now having to try and find his missing wife while also help an old friend with a list of strange, unexplained deaths. Amy Whelan, played by Mira Servino, who won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for Mighty Aphrodite. She is the wife who's gone missing and still shows up and is sometimes in contact with him and sometimes not. And she may be unwell or she may be fighting for control with someone or something else. Indeed. And then we have another character we haven't mentioned yet, Richard Shepard, played by, again, another British actor, James Frayne, also doing an American accent. He is a mysterious assassin tracking down certain people and killing them. Uh, why he's doing this is not immediately obvious. He seems to be behind this chain of strange de- deaths. But what he's up to and why is a bit strange. And we also will perhaps learn that Shepherd might be some kind of designation rather than he's actually his name, I think, Brian. Yes, it does seem that way. Madison O'Donnell was played by Millie Bobby Brown, best known as Eleven from Stranger Things, also starred in Enola Holmes. Here she was credited as Millie Brown in what was only her second screen role before Stranger Things, so she was about nine at the time, and playing this nine-year-old girl who has run away from home, or we see her run away from home, and she is showing signs of a different personality being there. So a fight for control apparently happening there as well. And this was something where a lot was asked of this very young actor and the results were quite something. Including, because she is another British actor, that she was putting on an American accent as well, Brian. Yes, indeed. We've mentioned Jack Whelan's friend, Gary Fisher, a sort of former colleague on the trail of Richard Shepard and this trail of bodies he's leading in his wake. Gary believes this is linked somehow to the disappearance of Jack Whelan's wife, Amy, and he was played by Tory Kittles. He turns up, he sort of sets Jack off on the trail, and our investigation, I guess, is off and running, although, as you say, Brian, quite a number of threads to bring together. Yes, indeed. I'll also mention that the actor Robert Forster from Jackie Brown, Breaking Bad, and Better Call Saul, he shows up as another one of these shepherd assassins. And I love seeing Robert Forster on screen, and when I looked him up, I was sure he was another Oscar winner for Jackie Brown, but he, he was only nominated and didn't win. I think he should have won that one. Indeed. So let's get on with a little bit of the plot and try and tease out a little bit about what's happening. There's going to be mild spoilers. We're going to get more into spoilers in our next episode. But I will say that Jack and Gary are investigating and all their investigations start to bring up the, uh, some evidence of the existence of a strange society. 
which is known as qui reverti, which turns out to be Latin for who returns. There is a clue for you. And we know that Jack's wife, Amy, is somehow involved in this society. And in fact, even to the point that Gary and Jack get to sort of observe her taking part in some sort of strange ritual. And there's some weird and spooky stuff going on in this show, Brian. Yes, absolutely. And we are wondering if Qui Reverti is part of the explanation for the strange behavior of Amy and Madison and others. And there are questions about, are they waging some sort of internal battle with some other consciousness trying to take control? So there are lots of things going on there. And then we have this investigation into this sort of conspiracy. And that's leading Jack and Gary all across the Pacific Northwest of the U.S., Yes. I mean, obviously, as you've said, Brian, this is a sort of US set show with the actors, including the British actors, obviously American accents. Yes, absolutely. So shall I turn us to our production notes? And we will start with two names that are quite familiar to us from behind the scenes with new Doctor Who. And they are Julie Gardner and Jane Tranter, the producers. Uh, Jane Tranter was head of drama commissioning at the BBC when Russell T Davis famously proposed bringing back Doctor Who. So I guess we've got her to thank for commissioning it. And then, of course, Julie Gardner was producer on the show from 2003, which obviously that's when they started work on bringing back the show, which would return to the screens in 2005. And she carried on with it until 2009. She also worked on Torchwood and, of course, the Sarah Jane Adventures, Brian. Yes, yeah, so she was very much there through the Russell T Davies era of Doctor Who. And then Jane Tranter and Julie Gardner both moved to Los Angeles to work for BBC worldwide and to work on developing international productions. They would go on to found the Bad Wolf production company a little bit later in 2015. Gardner and Tranter both read the 2007 novel Intruders by Michael Marshall, and I'll note that Michael Marshall Smith is a British science fiction writer who publishes some of his novels under the name Michael Marshall, and also some, some even as Michael Rutger. But we'll be talking about him as Michael Marshall Smith, because that's how he was credited on the TV show, although on the novel he was listed as Michael Marshall. That's what we'll go with here, I think. Yeah, slightly confusing. A chap who has a number of pen names and writes sometimes different series on the different pen names. But as you say, credited as Michael Marshall Smith, so we'll stick with that. And we know that both uh, Julie Gardner and Jane Tranter read the novel and both liked it and discussed it between themselves, and they thought it would make a suitable project for BBC America, and pitched it to the screenwriter, Glenn Morgan. Now, Glenn Morgan is a name that you'll probably best know for his work on The X-Files, including what I'm going to suggest are some of the best episodes of The X-Files, certainly from the first season. The episode Squeeze, and its follow-up episode Tombs, uh, Ice, which is the frozen sort of base one, 
base under siege one we could perhaps say and beyond the sea which you'll probably remember features the death of scully's father in that episode and i seem to remember a remarkable performance by brad Dourif in that one so some of the best episodes of the early X-Files. He also, Glenn Morgan also created a series called Space Above and Beyond with his writing partner, James Wong. A well-remembered series, but unfortunately one that didn't do terribly well at the time, I think, Brian. Yes, I think it only lasted a year. I do remember it. It had some striking visuals in it with the, the space stuff going on. So Morgan read the Intruders novel in a single day and loved it and went on to write all eight episodes. Michael Marshall Smith was consulted throughout the production and attended the table read-throughs with the cast. Quite heavily involved then. Yeah, which is, which is always good to see for the original novelist. Julie Gardner and Jane Tranter had suggested having a single director for all eight episodes, which is more a British style of doing things, where often with American shows, they would end up with a different director for each episode. And the director they recruited initially is also another fascinating name to add to this sort of like extremely high profile uh, roster of cast and crew. Eduardo Sanchez, best known for writing and co-directing 1999's The Blair Witch Project, somewhat of a remarkable phenomenon in itself. The movie that started the found footage trend. Yes, uh, well, you know, absolutely. And also perhaps started viral marketing of movies as well, I guess. Oh, possibly so. Now, originally they thought Sanchez would direct all eight episodes in that sort of, as you say, British model. But in the end, they did have some scheduling conflicts, particularly with John Sim and Mira Sorvino, who were both obviously having to work on other things as well. And that meant they divided the show into two production blocks of four episodes each. And the German filmmaker, Daniel Stamm, took over for the episodes or for directing the episodes five to eight. That is a fairly common model for British productions as well, to split an eight episode series into two blocks with one director handling each block. Yes, indeed. And of course, they had to find some locations. And this is a BBC America series with this sort of British pedigree to it. But of course, although they were going to try and set it in the US, it was filmed in and around Vancouver in Canada. And I have been on the X-Files tour in Vancouver. And as a result, I recognised quite a few X-Files filming locations, particularly you might know the Ovaltine Cafe in Vancouver, which turns up here in Intruders and also famously turns up in the X-Files. So there's a certain X-Files familiarity to some of the locations here, Brian. Yes, there are quite a few locations in and around Vancouver that turn up in a lot of different productions. This was, as, we, as we've said, a co-production between BBC Two and BBC Worldwide America. So we have a mixture of British and American people involved, as we've described. And that has an interesting effect too, I think. Intruders was first broadcast on BBC America starting on August 23rd, 2014, and then on BBC Two starting from October 27th, 2014. And I remember it being a fairly big launch over here at the time, particularly because of the cast involved and, of course, some of the people behind the camera as well. 
But sadly, it wasn't a huge rating success, not on either side of the Atlantic, I gather. And although, without spoiling anything, although the last episode does set up the possibility of further episodes or further adventures, sadly in 2015 it was announced that the show was cancelled with no further series to be made. So it's just the one series of eight episodes that we're looking at. Yes, I think we can say it's fairly self-contained. It resolves and does not end on a cliffhanger. But yeah, there was certainly an opening for a follow-up which they decided not to do. Yes, I I suppose it's a clever way, in a way, to try and wrap everything up, but also leave yourself the possibility in case it gets renewed. But yeah, it does wrap up, I guess. Yes, I believe it essentially covered the, the story of the novel. So you have it wrapping up in that way. Excellent. Well, let's talk about how you can watch Intruders for yourself. Here in Region 2, I have been looking at a BBC... DVD set which was released in 2015 two discs and there's also a blu-ray version I see as well all eight episodes obviously the only extra is a short uh, inside the intruders extra feature which is basically interviews with cast and crew currently the DVD about eight pounds you can stream it on Amazon video for more money in fact for 13 pounds in SD and slightly more in HD And also I noticed the DVD is available on the Cinema Paradiso site to rent. So it's very straightforward to get hold of. Actually, at the moment, cheaper in physical media than it is in streaming. But that's the situation in Region 2. As ever, we probably hope to find that there must be some release across the pond, Brian. Indeed. And in Region 1, there was a DVD released, which looking on Amazon, I see for the moment, I see it available for $11 US and $20 Canadian. There was also a Blu-ray released, which in the US I see running for a bargain $8, $22 Canadian. So... In both cases, DVD and Blu-ray, you do pretty well on the the US site. Amazon Prime does have it available for purchase to watch online. $3 US per episode or $23 US for the whole run. And I also saw it on iTunes for $24 Canadian for the whole season. And I'm not sure of the American pricing on iTunes, but it does seem to be be widely available in Canada and the US with a particularly good deal on the Blu-ray on Amazon.com at the moment. Nice. We should probably mention that the Intruders novel, which as we say has Michael Marshall as the author, there was a TV tie-in paperback version. We think they're probably out of print now, but still widely available on the book markets if you want to track it down. I know I have read one Michael Marshall Smith book, but it wasn't this one. So I we haven't, in this case, read the book. Okay. Well, good to see that at least for a 2014 show, we do have pretty good availability. Yes, quite easy to get to watch this series, thank goodness. So that'll do us for our first episode on Intruders. Come back next time. Now, we're going to have to try and work out some of the mysteries of this show. We've been dancing around them, but we are going to get into some more spoilers about Qui Reverti Reverti and what's going on. So if you want to avoid spoilers, this is your opportunity to watch the show before our next episode. 
find out who are the intruders of the title, I guess, Brian. Yes, absolutely. We usually get into a little bit more spoilery territory in the second episode, but we especially will be for, for this one. We will also talk a bit about the production style of this series and some of the visuals and so on which can be quite striking and of course we'll give our own reviews and recommendations of whether we think you should be watching this series and getting hold of it in one of the various ways that we've described physical or streaming absolutely until then you can find all of our episodes more than 400 of them on britishinvaders.com and if you search for british invaders on facebook you can find our Facebook group and join in on some of the conversations there. We are also on Twitter. We are at Brit Invaders Pod. So you can find us there and follow us and join in on conversations there too. Yes, do come and give us a follow or join us on Facebook and let us know what you think. And British Invaders, we are members of the Voice of Geeks Network. Hello if you're listening to us on the Voice of Geeks at vognetwork.com. The Voice of Geeks for gaming, for podcasts, for reviews, lots of stuff going on there as well. Check it out at vognetwork.com. Absolutely. So thank you for listening. And this is Brian from Canada signing off. Yes, thank you very much. Until next time, Eamon in England also signing off. Bye.